I think that millennials have done a good job of figuring out a way to make money that's their passion that is terrifying to their parents. Make money on your own terms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Welcome to Sup Babe, your one-stop shop for stories, trends, and PSAs so you can live your best life. I'm your host, TJ Rosé, but you can call me Nicole. I'm a serial entrepreneur, fashion lover, and music addict. I'm like Cher from Clueless, but with a little more brains and a little less blonde. Today on the show, we're chatting about how to thrive in a male-dominated industry with Rachel O'Brien. Sup, babe. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Sup, babe. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm good. I'm just realizing you have the cutest raspy voice. Is, <laughs> is that from you. DJing where like you're like pumping the crowd up and like I wish it was something cool. I think it's um it's allergies. <laughs> totally get it. I have allergies, really allergies and white but my, my voice doesn't sound like that though from allergies. I don't uh, think. I just yeah. am constantly like sniffling and my nose bleeds. Not cocaine, guys. Don't do drugs. I really don't yeah. ever. I never have. But I, my nose bleeds like I might be on drugs. I broke it seven times. That's horrible. But, but but the allergies though they affect my nose so bad that yeah. But I get like. But a, you and your you have a perfect nose because you broke it and then broke it and then it, it just broke into beautiful place into a it yeah, broke into yeah, a beautiful it's, place. It's just, it's just like a fake. It's not a fake nose in the sense of it's like not even a real nose job. I just don't even know what my like childhood nose would look like. Like I've seen photos, but I first broke it at three. So, oh my God. I don't know. Okay. It, it went downhill from there. So it's I would now rather just- have um, your adult nose than the childhood nose that just continues to grow on my face. Did you know See, that? That like I your like nose your grows. Nose. You're, you're just being nice because we're no, friends. I'm, I'm ser- no, listen, I'm serious. I actually like your nose and I feel a little bit. Th- this is honest. I feel a little bit like robbed of like I may have had like a more Roman no like because I'm Italian and my, my family's from Rome like I might have had like a higher bridge I don't know what my freaking nose would have looked like originally I have no idea because it started breaking it so young you know that we have we have sub babe listeners that are also Italian that have DM me and been like I so agree with what you're saying about that. So this is like you fit right in. <laughs> yeah, I want I want to know. I don't know. Maybe my nose would have looked like this. I have no idea. Once I started breaking it three, how am I supposed to know? They just kept refixing it. And how was OK? I have so many questions about that. But that's, you know, honestly not yes. what we came here to talk to. I love chatting with you, Rachel, because I just feel like it's like I'm chatting with my high Same. school girlfriends. Um, but let me give a little background on you so that people who know who you are, if they aren't familiar yet, although I know that when we posted when I was on Be Here for a while, um, that a number of our girls are already listening to you and already love you. I love that. Same with mine. People already reached out to me being like, oh, I love her. Oh, my God. Amazing. I love. Well, then this is the perfect collab. Um, guys, so Rachel has her own podcast called Be Here for a While. She became we became friends on Instagram again. It's I guess that's like the only way to make friends in a pandemic, right? Is like I mean, that, that that's the only way or it's TikTok. the strongest way, frankly. And what? 
It's the strongest way, frankly. And it, it works because I literally feel like, I mean, we are kind of like the same vibe, both Italian. We're for sure the same level of awkward, like 100%. Awkward and I think like way too into working hard. I, I, I get the vibe that you don't chill. I don't chill. I don't you, don't, you don't even know how to turn on Netflix. It's weird. I, I don't. I wouldn't know how to do it. <laughs> Poor Greg. Your boyfriend's probably like, honey, can we please just hang out? Are you, do you like set a timer when you have sex? Because sometimes I do that. Are, sorry, what? You actually set a timer? <laughs> I'm, like, Wait, okay, I'm like, no, but I'm like, I have 15 minutes. <laughs> That's amazing so, if you actually do. Do you want to do this or not? <laughs> um, I'm very abrupt about it, but not necessarily with a timer. I'm just like, all right, should we, are we doing this or are we not doing this? Come on. Good. <laughs> But not necessarily a timer. But I am annoying with relaxation where he's just like, can you just, can you please just watch a movie and not do other things during it? You don't need to vacuum. You don't need to cook. You don't need to clean. You don't need to do work. That's like such a mom thing to do. Like you're trying to like watch your favorite show and she's vacuuming in the background. Like you can't, you're missing every line. Like that really stresses me out. My mom used to to vacuum near our heads at like 7 a.m. when we were like sleeping. She would just be like, "Mm." yeah. Yeah, lucky for me, my mom was already at the hospital. So I would just get up and do whatever the fuck I wanted. Why was she in the hospital? No, 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 because she's a doctor. Oh, okay. I was like, oh no. Oh, that sounds awful. Especially like in COVID, that would be the natural first thought. Yeah. Uh, no, she just she just also works hard. You know, you get that. Does your mom work hard? Is that kind of where you get your hard work ethic? Both. My, okay, so both my parents and my sister, we're all we're we're all like entrepreneurial though. Like we don't we don't have regular jobs. Like my sister owns like a very successful dance studio in Tennessee. My dad owns a very successful logging company in Oregon. Uh, don't worry, they replant the trees. I feel very nervous saying that on everything because people are such environmentalists. I, and I agree, be an environmentalist. Trust me, they replant every tree they cut down. It is like a law and organize a lot of trees. Also, your house is made of wood. Anyways, um, <laughs> but uh, it's like both, like no one in my family besides myself ever graduated from college. And so, and my, so my mom isn't necessarily in like a field, but she's like our homemaker, but she also will randomly like, decide to flip houses and like make money doing that. Like we're all just very entrepreneurial. So it's like no one works for anyone, but we also all work like 12 hours a day constantly. That's so interesting that you guys, it's like a family of entrepreneurs. Okay, so guys, background, just to make sure that you got this in the beginning, Rachel is a comedian living in LA, you know, obviously telling jokes from her kitchen in quarantine because that's, you know, I don't even think I'm funny anymore, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure everyone already disagrees with that statement. Uh, But her show, Be Here for a While, she has had a podcast on Apple, Spotify, anywhere that you listen. Check it out. It's awesome. I love it. And we did a collab on her show, too. Yeah, I love your podcast, too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. So we really wanted to chat today because, you know, Rachel and I both being female entrepreneurs have a lot in common. We're both in male-dominated industries, right? Comedy, music, entertainment, DJing, whatever you want to call it. Um, We're up against a lot of men when we get on stage, and it's men booking the performers. It's men deciding, you know, who performs. It's men really calling all the shots, um, especially for the first several years of my career before I pivoted to more 
fashion and, and private events, but I know you've had a lot of similar experiences as me, so I kind of wanted to just get you to tell us a little bit about your background. I love the story of how you moved to L.A. on a lie and, like, never moved back. Um, your parents being <laughs> entrepreneurs probably didn't care that much. I'm sorry for calling you out in, like, the no, first five fine. minutes I mean, of the I've show. Also, I mean, I've said it on my podcast. My parents had to find out, like, later that that's what happened. But, yeah. Do you want me to tell the so, story? Yes. No, just like give us give us like a little bit of background, babe. I feel like people want to know you a little bit better. So I'm from Oregon. I went to the University of Oregon for college. I really wanted to move to L.A. and like be an actress and start entertainment industry stuff. But uh, my parents were like, you have to go to college. And and even I think even in college when I was like after my first year, I was like, I really want to go to L.A. I really want to do this. Um, and I think they were just. God, it took them a long time. It probably took them six years into my career to be like, oh, this is a job. This is a thing. Um, I think they were just sort of like, no, this is get a 401k and health insurance and a job. Like it, it just didn't yep. make sense to them. So um, I know that feeling. Yeah. Like it, it. But it makes sense. Like our parents are from a different generation. Like that's just what you did. You did the trajectory of that's that's what you did. Security uh, was everything to baby boomers and millennials are used to more risks. Yeah. It's just a different landscape that we grew up in. And poor yeah. Gen Z, what yeah. the fuck kind of landscape is this? You know? Yeah. So. And I think but I think it's kind of cool, though, that millennials, uh, most of them, for the most part, like have figured out a way to navigate the landscape of like, oh, it's not just you're not going to be super. Well, you can be super successful, but like it won't necessarily make you happy to go. A plus B equals C. Like, I go to college. Then I get this job. Then I get married. Then I have kids. Then I do this thing. And, like, but it's not necessarily any of it is your passion. Like, I think I think that millennials have done a good job of figuring out a way to make money that's their passion that is terrifying to their parents. That makes sense. Make money on your own terms. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so I I uh, I wanted to go to L.A. and they were like, I was staying in college. I was like, cool, well, I'll finish in three years. So that's what I did. I uh, Badass. I took I summer school and I almost got a four point. It's not a big deal. Uh, I love writing about <laughs> it. It's all I have at this point. Um, so I finished in three years. And at the time, my college boyfriend was a, a successful football player in college. He was a little older than me. And he um, he got drafted into the end. You look like you would have a football player boyfriend, though. I'm sorry. I totally really? see that. I was like, I went to Emory, right? There were no football players. There's no football team. Well, There's that's no football just a different field. school, though. Yeah, but it's just, it's like, it's such a nerdy vibe compared to, like, football players. Like, I drove by OSU the other day, and I was like, what would this have been like to go to a school with football? <laughs> I guess so, but I also felt like a nerd and the and the guy and he's still one of my great friends and he's marrying a beautiful woman. Like we're good friends. Like I just felt like we were also just like we both like loved guns and roses. We were like cheesy college <laughs> people. Like we were cheesy. I don't know. I didn't think of it as like a cool thing, but whatever. Anyway, so he got drafted to play and so I just figured I'd go where he went. And then once he got injured and we had to like get an apartment like right after college he was depressed and his career hadn't worked out right away and I was like I don't want to be here I love you and I just want to go to LA so I ditched him as well as lying to my parents oh my god so so I I had been emailing agents and all these things in LA and applying to things like I may have stayed in it. I can't remember if it was an internship or a job I may have stayed in it for like 
three weeks. I, who knows? It could have been a day. I don't know. But it was all on a lie. So, hey, mom, I got, I, a, I got a one week internship. I got a job yeah. in L.A., mom. I'm but making they, 40 grand a year. I got health insurance, honey. That's exactly what it was. I was like, they, but they said I have to be here like now. So I flew down for the interview and then I called and I was like, I can't come home. I, I have to start tomorrow. So my mom, my dad and my boyfriend drove all my stuff down and moved me into L.A., Basically on somewhat of a lie. Wait, hold on, hold on. The boyfriend moved you to a new city away from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard of something like that. Well, he was a little lost too. Well, now also, actually, no. Now he became an actor in LA and he's actually way more successful than me, at least in commercial acting. Uh, like so, yeah. I mean, it took him a while. He did football for a while. Anyways. But uh, yeah, yeah. I just uh, was like, I have to be here. The job seems like they need me immediately. It's very important. And so please drive my stuff down. And then I got a waitressing job. <laughs> please drive my and, stuff. Uh, I can't even believe that you didn't even have a full-time job and everyone bent over backwards. I guess for so. you. But like that's the kind of person you I are. Know. You're just like you're very commanding. Well, I know, but I feel I don't feel like I I'm normally not that commanding in that way. I think I just knew that I really wanted this and I didn't know how to tell my parents I wanted this. And I actually didn't even tell them that's what I really wanted for years, years. I would live in LA and be like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm pursuing this or I'm like, but secretly I was really pursuing my dreams, but I couldn't convey it to them because I don't think they would understand. They, they still hardly understand now, not hardly, but it took a while, a while. Yeah. I completely understand. I won't get into too much of that here because I'm sure. No, I want to hear it. Well, I'm sure some of the subbabers have heard this, but when I, you know, I, I've been a DJ for like eight and a half years, some odd years. Um, and when I left my, I did work in marketing in mm -hmm. Beijing in the 08 Olympics. That's really dating oh, me there. I so know. Cool. Um, and then up in New York, that was my first job was with an Emory alumni in New York. And he you know, really took me under his wing, showed me the ropes. I got another job. I kept working my way up. I was director of social media at a company called Iced Media and mm -hmm. running campaigns for Ralph Lauren, Diesel, Theory, Swatch, Kmart, QVC. Fashion was like, I, I loved it. Like, yeah. that was what I was actually really passionate about. And at one point, I was just like, this is so not what I want to do. And I looked at my boss and I was like, you're miserable. Like you're my icon and like you're miserable. So that's a that's good scary. sign that you shouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. I was like, that is really scary. And it's, I mean, it's very scary going off on your own though, too. But at that point I felt like I'd be safer. <laughs> I was like, this is this is getting way too stressful. Yeah. I'd be safer on my own. Um, and it I mean, it took years to like build the business and the business that we lost overnight when yeah. COVID hit for both of us. So. But I think it's about like weighing like you see your boss and, and that boss is potentially unhappy or overly stressed and may and maybe maybe they love the job. Great. But that's not your thing. You don't have to do anything just because it seems like, well, I already committed to it. I got to do it like you're allowed to pivot and do something else. And I think the important part is like being brave enough to be like, well, I might be poor or broke for a while doing this, but yes. eventually I, I'm not going to give up and I'm, I'm, I'm going to make money doing it. 
Like, yeah, I think on it. I mean, if you play the long game, you usually win. Right. Mm -hmm. But like you got to really play the long game. And I think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of small businesses fail. And like I've had days where I've been like, I want to quit. I've picked up side jobs and things, Mm -hmm. you know. Totally. I know Same. you were saying that you had to have some other jobs too to make ends meet in the beginning. I'm, I was literally cleaning toilets, basically. Well, I was no. managing apartment buildings. Okay, I was managing apartment buildings. I wasn't cleaning the toilets. Sometimes I would, though. Um, yeah, you roll up your sleeves. I, I remember at like a pivotal part of my career, I was performing at the big clubs in LA. I was at the improv. And I was on a show with Judd Apatow. Oh, cool. And... David Spade. I'm trying to think of who else. This uh, is epic. Judd Apatow, David Spade. Why can't I think of his name? The, the the roast master. God damn it. Everyone knows his name. I'm an idiot. Whatever. The roast master. Um, a bunch of other big comedians. And maybe 10 minutes before I was supposed to go on stage in front of people that I just wanted to impress so much. Who cares about the audience? I just wanted Judd Apatow and David Spade to think I was cool. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. And I got a call from the apartment building I was managing being like, my toilet's clogged. And this would happen constantly where like, it would be like, and I would just be like, oh yeah, I guess I'm still a loser. (laughs) Where you would be brought down to earth. Not a loser, but just meaning like, I had to do those things. Like I, I was on a level, but not quite, even I'm still not even close to where they are, but I was still having to have side jobs. I was still, you know. I also think it's it's humbling too to like, you know, move up. And I think that's part of life too, where you like you get two steps closer to the goal, and then you take a huge step back. And I mean, that's probably how every person feels right now in COVID. Whether you work for a mm-hmm. company, you work for yourself, you work in a creative industry or not, I think we're mm-hmm. all probably feeling that push pull of like, like. I was I personally was feeling really like I had just set up so much business. I had really just like I guess I had really built strong relationships with a lot of the clients that I had been working with for a couple of months to really win future business and have my game plan for the next like six to eight months set up, which is a lot yeah. for a performer. You know that because yeah. sometimes six things, to eight months. Yeah, for sure. Right. Because I mean, I've been used to that last minute lifestyle for so many years. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's also tough, right, because it doesn't leave a lot of personal time and then you know and then the the rug gets pulled out from us and but it's like you can't even I so I do a lot of charity work um I don't know if we've ever talked about this but I'm on the next gen board for UNICEF in New York oh, that's and, wonderful. and it, it's it's the once again it's a very humbling experience because I'll like be having that moment where I'm like oh my god I just lost dollars on this contract and then I will go to a UNICEF meeting and learn about the new project that we're doing in Guinea mm-hmm. and how people don't have clean drinking water and I'm like whoa puts it in perspective up. you know yeah. I'm like you really need to calm down and go out and work harder for UNICEF because yeah. if you don't have work right now then that should be your priority because there are people mm-hmm. who really really need help yeah and so. it puts it in perspective <sighs> yeah I mean that's how that's how I was raised like if I was to complain to my parents right now if I was like, oh, I lost half my job because of comedy and I only have podcasting, they would be like, suck it up. It could be way worse. Like, that's how I was right. So my parents would be like, suck it up. Like, the people have it way worse. Go do something better. Uh, don't, you don't, you're not allowed to feel sorry for yourself, at least in my family. And I, and I, I appreciate yeah. my parents for that. I think it's a good attitude. So we're, you know, I want to ask you one more question that's kind of on topic for today about, you know, mm-hmm. being women that are succeeding in male-dominated industries. Um, did you have any mentors or role models 
coaches or, you know, just people who supported you? And were any of them women? I would honestly say both my parents. I mean, yeah. So my mom and my dad, like, even if they didn't understand what I was doing for a living, they they were very supportive, very like, you can be anything you want to be. You're a lot like they also just gave me way too much confidence. What about Amy Schumer? She's not taking mentees. <laughs> no, she was. Yeah, I, I, I wish like you asked me this before and I was like, I wish I could think of like a female comedy mentor. I just don't I don't think I had one. I mean, I have people I look up to in the female comedy world for sure. But I'm, I'm talking about like someone I talk to on a daily basis, like a no, no, it would it would be more so my family. It would be my 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 mom. Uh, but you're kind of making my point right there. I didn't have any female mentors either. You didn't? And so, in DJing. Oh. And so I think that uh-huh. is a theme, right? In these male-dominated industries where there's less women, do the women not help other women because they think that there's only such a big piece of the pie that they need to consume that whole piece of the pie? And Maybe. But then again, when I think about like female comedians that are more successful than me and have been doing it longer, like a Heather McDonald, for example. Yep. She's always been incredibly kind to me, like an incredibly like gave great advice. So I wouldn't say that they're. So they're you do doing... have some, though. They don't have to. A mentor yeah, can be somebody. Yeah, yeah. I just... wouldn't say they're doing like bad. They're nice when when you talk to them for sure and helpful. But I wouldn't say I have anyone that I like that you go to regularly that necessarily pulled me up the ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more I pulled myself up the ladder. So I had periods in my career where I had different mentors over time. So when I left the marketing world, I had this friend. He's like notorious in New York. His name is Nick Champagne. <laughs> I'm sure you like know people. Where are all your friends? You have a rosé season <laughs> friend and a Nick Champagne. Who are these people? Oh my God. And do they own wineries? Every one of my friends is named after an alcohol and after an alcoholic beverage. It's amazing. <laughs> Is Tila Tequila one of your friends? Oh, my God. <laughs> Tila Tequila. What a good reference. Yes. God, I wish she was. I feel like she would have so much advice. Not sure if Wild. I would use it. But yeah. Um, no, but so so he really helped guide me like out of the marketing world and learn how to get into the event space, made a lot of introductions. Like, I mean, I think mentorships and friendships, they kind of last for a defined period of time, but you don't know how long they're going to last, right? So it's like I yeah. was able to help him with certain things. He, We did a lot of charity work together back then, actually, too, for a different charity. But then he helped me with certain introductions. I got to meet a lot of, you know, nightlife people, which is really how I got my start as a DJ, which if you don't know, That's if you so can't helpful. work in nightlife, you can't, you're not going to get big private events or corporate events you know, because that's that's like yeah. where you get your training. It's like it's like how the military yeah. goes to boot camp or whatever they go to. Like DJs go to nightlife. Yeah. <laughs> and if you if you survive nightlife, then you make it. And you have to network and know people. I'd be napping, so I wouldn't make it. I would definitely wouldn't make it. Um, and then I actually had I had a I had a mentor that I'm going to introduce you to if you want. I don't know if he'll come on a podcast, but I'll find out who the Studio 54 the Studio one? 54 dude yes. who really yes. helped me hone my DJ skills and would li- he would literally come to my shows and not even be like drinking or partying that night. Sit in the booth, watch the crowd, and be like, change the song, change the track. That's wonderful. this one's good. Stay on this genre. Like he would literally just like point out little th- nuances about the crowd that I needed to learn and like reading a room. You love reading a room. This is like your favorite that's topic. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's so cool that someone. I love that someone would take the time, especially someone like that experience, to like help help. Like that's how that's how I think you even make the industry more successful. It's like helping out people 
I mean, technically below you, and you're not below anyone, but you yeah. know what I mean. Like, like you got to bring the, bring up the next gen. Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. bring up our our sub babe squad is all about that. That's so. so cool. I mean, I and I feel like all my mentors were men because that's who I really had access to. There now, mm-hmm. it's not that women weren't kind to me; they're just were really not. They were. You know, they were like, working <laughs> as hard as you were, perhaps. Meaning, like they didn't have the bandwidth to. There were just yeah. very few. Yeah. There just weren't that many. When I went to a club, like if I was playing a gig with a couple other people, none of them were girls. You know what I mean? So I just didn't really meet that many women. And then I met a handful over the years and we're still close and we still we cross book each other whatnot when we're busy. But in DJing, it's it's funny because a lot of men really help bring me up and without their advice and tutelage and guidance. I don't know. I mean, I might be in yeah. a gutter somewhere. No, I <laughs> I agree with you. Like when we're talking about like, oh, it's like such a male dominated industry and like that that might seem um, more like suppressive to us. It, I will say the right men in the industry do bring you up. And I, and I owe a lot to male comedy friends who definitely brought me up, brought me on tour, uh, got me on shows, just were platonic good good men there are really good men out there still yes the platonic piece Mm -hmm. is hard to find but that's actually a really good segue guys we have to wrap up now but we have a part two with rachel o'brien for next week on our monday pro tip segment and we are each going to share our top three tips for women working in male-dominated industries who want to crush it so Stay tuned. Check back in next Monday for more of this dynamic duo. I, I Can think I call so. Us that? Are we a band yet? <laughs> We're a band. <laughs> Are we a brand yet? Oh my god. Okay. Awesome, guys. So if you loved what you heard today, please hit subscribe, hit five stars, and you can add us on Instagram at DJ Nicole Rose at Sub Babe Pod and Rachel. What's your handle? Rachel N O'Brien. It reads like Rachel No Brian, but it's. And my middle initial. And it's Rachel with an A-E-L. I just want to make that clear for you all because I did have that problem. You'll find me. I'm the very attractive uh, (laughs) girl with a broken nose. There you go. (laughs) Beautiful nose. All right, guys. We hope we brighten your day, but that's all for now. Don't forget to tune in Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday mornings to Sup Babe, your one-stop shop for living your best life. XOXO. XOXO.